So tonight we are going to establish the fact that God is so good and he's so awesome that he wants us healed. Hallelujah. When we get to the point that we have faith in his goodness, we know that he wants to display himself in every single area of our life. He wants to do good, good things in our marriages, good things in our finances, and good things in our body. Amen. And healing is good. Healing is part of our covenant right as believers. And tonight, before we begin to pray for the sick, we're just going to go through some of the scriptures in the word of God that verify that Jesus wants us well. Now, I know for many of you, it's going to be by way of review. And I don't want anyone to have this attitude. Oh, boy, I've heard those scriptures hundreds of times. As I begin reading these scriptures, even again this week, I'm just getting new revelation and they're just going off on the inside of me because the word is alive. And it's good to feast on manna from heaven. It's good to be reminded of what we have as, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to look at our redemptive rights. Hallelujah. Jesus bore our sickness in his body on the same day that he bore our sin. Now, some people will say, well, you know, isn't it more important to be saved? And if you had to choose one, wouldn't you choose salvation over healing? Well, duh. If we had to choose, of course, we would choose to go to heaven if we, it was a choice of being saved or going to hell or being healed or, you know, my mom, you know what I'm saying. Anyhow, <laughs> but the good news is this. We don't have to choose. He didn't say pick one. He said it's all inclusive. I have redeemed you, spirit, soul, and body. The fact that Jesus is our healer has been established in the word of God. I was reminded, some of you may have seen this commercial I had to actually look at it again to see what they're advertising. I'm not paying any attention, but it's this guy. It's an AT&T commercial about how they cover, you know, a lot of the United States with their cell phone service, I guess. And he's always got these little kindergarten kids sitting there. And he asks them the question, which is better? Bigger or smaller? And then he'll give them like an illustration. Is a bigger pool better than a little kiddie pool? Which is better, faster or slower? Would you rather be in a real slow car or a real fast car? And the kids, you know, they answer, well, bigger, well, faster. And then he, his reply is, it's not complicated. AT&T is better because it's bigger and it's faster. And that's how I feel about the Word of God when it comes to healing. It's really not complicated. Somebody that's just been born again can grasp the reality that Jesus loves me. He wants me well. It's not complicated, but unfortunately, there's been a lot of religious people around there, around that have muddied the waters and tried to bring confusion and, and put all of these, their thinking on it, all of man's tradition on it. But when we look at just the bare facts of the Word of God, it's a simple truth established yeah. on the day that Jesus bore our sin. He also bore our sickness. 
So let's begin by looking over in Isaiah chapter 53, wonderful passage of scripture, and we'll begin reading in verse three. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, what? Let's say that last phrase together. By his stripes we are healed. Now I want to just look at a few things in this passage of scripture to establish some things. First of all, in verse four, where it says he has borne our griefs. I don't know if you have this in your Bible, but in the margin of my Bible, it has these little notations that in the original Hebrew that should have been translated sickness. So let's say it like that. Surely he has borne our sickness. And then by the word sorrows, I have another little number and it says pain. So let's say it like that. Surely he has borne our sickness and carried our pains. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now I'm reading out of the Spirit-filled Bible, a little notation about this passage of Scripture. And it says, this verse, Isaiah chapter 53, clearly teaches that bodily healing is included in the atoning work of Christ. The suffering that he went through for us at the cross. And it goes on and says, the Hebrew word for grief and sorrow specifically mean physical affliction. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you bore our sicknesses and you carried our pains. And then it goes on here in the Spiritville Bible and it says, this passage of scripture was fulfilled over in Matthew chapter 18. Now keep your finger over there in Isaiah 53, but let's just turn over and read Matthew 8 chapter 8 verse 17. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, there in Isaiah 53 that we just read. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. The translators got it right there. He took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. Everybody say this, because he took... My infirmities, because he bore my sicknesses, I don't have to bear them. He took them for me. Jesus is my healer. How many of you have received Jesus as your Savior? Praise God. I see almost every hand going up in here. You've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you haven't, before you leave tonight, you can. But you know, it's just as simple as receiving Jesus as your Savior that you can make that declaration that I received Jesus as my healer. We could give an altar call tonight and say, okay, how many of you want to receive Jesus as your healer? 
because that's exactly what he is. He took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. Now let's go back over to Isaiah chapter 53 again. And I want you to notice another thing here in verse four. Surely he has borne our griefs. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses. The word born and the word carried there refer to Jesus' atoning work on the cross. And it's made clear by the fact that they are the same words used to describe Christ bearing our sickness. Now this whole chapter of Isaiah 53 is phenomenal. But this is pointed out in verse 11 of Isaiah 53. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall, shall justify many. How many of you have been justified? Amen. By the blood of the Lamb. Well, we're in that number. And then it goes on to say, for he shall bear their iniquities. And that word bear there is the same word that we just read where it said he bore our sicknesses. So he not only bare our sin and our iniquity, but he bore all of our pain, all of our disease on that same day when he hung on the cross and his precious blood flowed out of him. When they whipped him with those whips and on his back, he took those stripes. He not only was redeeming us so that we could be born again, but he was redeeming us from the curse of the law, spirit, soul, and body. The chastisement, it says, of his peace of our peace was upon him. What is that speaking of? That's speaking of mental torment. He not only redeemed us from hell, he redeemed our spirit, provided a way for us to be born again. But when they put those crowns of thorns and pierced it into his lovely brow, that was him taking our mental torment so that we could have peace peace of mind. Be free from confusion. Be free from depression. Be free from anxiety. And then it says, and he bear, he bear in that same body our pain and our sickness. What Jesus bore, I need not bear. He did it for me. Praise God. And we receive it. And then once again, this same passage is fulfilled and it's reiterated over in the New Covenant in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Laying a foundation tonight because we want faith to arise. We want your expectancy level to be high in the fact that this is part of your redemptive right. Healing belongs to the children of God. Yeah. 1 Peter 2, chapter 24, it says here, for himself, who himself, just a minute here, take a little drink. Whoa, it must be the anointing. The paper just melted off of the bottle. Fire God is in the house. What can we say? <laughs> yeah, the paper fell out. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, can y'all read this with me? Who himself, when I say read with me, that means like out loud, okay? <laughs> Who himself bore our sins. 
in his own body on the tree that having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Is were past tense or present tense? Past tense. By whose stripes you were healed. We were healed 2,000 years ago on that same day that he died. I like how one minister says, if I was, then I am. If I am, then I are. We are healed today. Hallelujah. Because of the work that he did on Calvary. Now, again, I'm going to read, read something out of the Spirit-filled Bible. I know this is a little bit di- different than how I usually teach the Word of God, but I want you to get this. Amen? It says here, 1 Peter 2, 24, Furthermore, the words bore and carry refer to Jesus' atoning work on the cross, and, and it's made clear. I already read that part. Then it goes on here about 1 Peter 2, 24. This text links the grounds of provision for both salvation and our healing to the atoning work of Calvary. And then this is part I want you to get. Now listen to this. Neither is automatically appropriated. However, for each provision, salvation for our souls or healing for our physical body, each must be received by faith. Christ's work on the cross makes each possible. Simple faith receives each as we choose. In here, did anyone make you get saved? People encouraged you, I hope. Maybe somebody in your family, maybe a friend invited you to church, asked you to pray the sinner's prayer, but it was a choice. It was an act of our will to get born again and to say that sinner's prayer. And it's the same when we receive Jesus as our healer. The work has been done. By his stripes, we were healed. By the work of Calvary, we were born again. We were born again. The salvation plan was completed and ratified when Jesus raised from the dead. But some of us just maybe recently found out about it. And it's the same when it comes to healing. We were healed, but we need to accept it. We got to appropriate it is the word they use. Each is appropriated by the simple act of faith. Amen? How were we saved? Again, this is very simple, basic stuff, but I want you to see the correlation. It's not hard. It's not difficult. If you're born again, you could also receive Jesus as your healer. It's that simple. How are we saved? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tell us, For by grace have you been saved through faith. That, not of yourselves, what is it? It is a gift of God. It's a free gift of God. But how is this free gift of God received? By faith. It's through his grace that he made it available, but it's by faith that we have to receive that grace. Receive it by faith. And then the next verse is really interesting. Not of works, lest any should boast. It's faith in his grace that saved us. It's not our good works. If keeping the law was enough 
to ratify the salvation plan, then Jesus died in vain. But keeping the law and works of the flesh didn't get it done. That was a shadow of things to come. It's simply by faith in his grace. It's not by our own works. Did you know it's the same with healing? It's not by our works. It's not by some new great diet plan that we're going to get healed. It's not by an intense exercise routine. And you know, I, I'm, all for, for, you know I'm all for eating healthy. I like to eat things that are green. I like to eat fried green tomatoes, <laughs> fried green okra, you know, anyway. <laughs> no, it's good to eat healthy. It's good to exercise. I'm not belittling those things. But there are some people that they have all their faith in organic food all their faith in exercising six times a week. Let me just say this. You can eat sprouts and drink wheatgrass until you literally turn green <laughs> and still die of a heart attack if you're doing it in, in fear and your faith isn't in him the healer, and you're spending more time doing all these natural organic remedies and all this stuff, and no time feeding your spirit the Word of God, because it's, it's life. The Word, thy words were found, and I did eat them. It's attending unto the Word, for they are life unto those that find them, and they are medicine to all of our flesh. Put first things first. Y'all know me. I'm not saying don't take care of your body, don't eat right. That's good stuff. But attend to the things of your spirit first and foremost. Amen? So moving right along. So number one, we have established that we can expect to be healed because it's part of our covenant right. It's part of our redemptive revelation. Would y'all agree? We've established that clearly in the Word of God. Now, the second thing that we want to look at and establish is another reason to expect to be healed is just simply because of the Lord's goodness and His great compassion. Amen. We've been talking about that, and I want to tie this all in. We've shared a lot of scriptures in the past couple of weeks on how God is so good. He is good. He's good. He's great. He's greatly to be praised. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And he is good to all that call upon his name. Hallelujah. Now, it is his nature to be good. It's his nature to show mercy and display Compassion. You want to see some good scriptures about this. Let's look at Psalms 145, verse 8 and 9. And we'll look at those in the Amplified. The Lord is gracious and he's full. Everybody say full. Full of what? Full of compassion. He's slow to anger and abounding in mercy and loving kindness. The Lord is what? Good to all. Verse 9, the Lord is good to all. His tender mercies are over all his works, the entirety of things created. Now let's look at verse 10. All your works 
shall praise you, O Lord, and your loving ones shall bless you. Affectionately and gratefully shall your saints confess and praise you. Do you ever see that in conjunction? I think one of the reasons that we should bless him and, and affectionately praise him and be grateful unto him is because of verse 8, that the Lord is full of compassion. And he's full of mercy. So I think we ought to lift our hands right now. Thank you, Lord, that you are full of compassion. You are slow to anger. You are abounding in mercy. Lord, we thank you that you are so merciful. You are so compassionate. You are so gracious. You are so very good. Full of compassion. Not a little dab, but it says he's overflowing. He's abounding with compassion. The words compassion and the words mercy, particularly in the Old Testament, are from the same Hebrew root word. I can't say it. It's R-A-C-H-A-M-I-N. But it literally means this, to love tenderly to show, to be full of eager yearning. And then I really enjoy this definition of compassion. I found this years ago. Love with the desire to help. That's what compassion is. That's the compassion that Jesus displayed throughout his earthly walk and ministry. He loved people with the desire to help. Aren't you glad that he didn't look down at mankind when Adam and Eve sinned there in the garden? And he didn't look down and he'd say, oh, you know, I love you, but hey, you brought this on yourself, figured out the best you can. Aren't you glad that he didn't look at us in our sin and say, you know, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, but you know, you really are a mess. And hopefully you'll get this all straightened out. No, he loved us while we were yet sinners. He loved us and he had compassion on us. He loved us with the desire to help us. And he did. He sent forth his merciful, loving kindness and help. Aren't you glad that he helped you? Hallelujah. I don't know who said this, but I found this quote. And I loved it. Love has no true meaning when it's only a feeling. But love is a fact when love is an act. Love has no true meaning when it's only a feeling. But love is a fact when love is an act. Jesus acted out his love and his compassion for us. If we believe that Jesus loved us so much to die for us that we wouldn't perish, then we know the Word says that. He's not willing that any should perish. If we truly believe that concerning being born again, then why is it so hard for so many people to grasp the fact that our loving, gracious, good Father and Lord wouldn't also want us healed? 
sickness is not from heaven. It's not a good thing. That's why the Bible tells us in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good. And what was the good that he did? Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. God is good. Jesus is good. And one of the good things that he did when he walked on this earth was healing. Everybody say, healing is good. Sickness is bad. It's not a good day when you got to be laid up in the hospital bed. It's a good day to be healed and whole and strong and well. Would you agree? Healing is good. You know, most people, they'll believe that God can heal, but they're just not sure if he's willing. Willing. That's an insult. That is an insult to our heavenly father. That's like me coming up to Pastor Kimberly and saying, now I know that you can come over and clean my house because I really need help. You know, maybe I'm under attack or whatever. I know that you could, because I know she keeps a good, clean house. But then then look at her and say, but I'm not sure if you would. That would be an insult. She'd say, well, Pastor Brenda, you know that I love you. You know if you need me, I'll come over and help you. Why? Because I, she wants me to know her willingness, not just her Ability, But people do it all the time with God. Oh, God, you're all powerful. God, you can do anything. God, I know that you can heal people of cancer. God, I know that you could bring deliverance in this case. But you know, God, I'm not sure if you're willing. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And it grieves the heart of the Father because he's like... What? I don't want you to magnify my ability. If you're going to magnify anything, magnify my willingness. Know that I am good. Know that I love you. The Word doesn't say God is power, but the Word does say God is love. He wants us to magnify His willingness to display His goodness and his compassion. He's not anything so much as he is love, mercy, and compassion. Now, Jesus in the new covenant confirmed our Father's willingness. Are y'all okay? You want to look at a couple more scriptures here? Over in Mark chapter 1, verse 40, very familiar passage of scripture. But we're going somewhere. We've established that we can expect to be healed because it's part of our covenant right. Now we're establishing that we can expect to be healed because God is good and he's compassionate and he is willing, willing. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus was moved. Oh, I like this. Jesus was what? Moved with compassion. Jesus didn't stand up and say, oh, yes, I'm almighty. 
I'm all powerful, cancer, leprosy is nothing to me. No, he was moved with compassion. And he stretched out his hand and touched him and he said, I will be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. It is obvious here by this passage that the leper had heard that Jesus was good. That Jesus was doing miracles. That Jesus was the healer. He believed that he was able or he wouldn't have cried out. He believed that he had the power or he wouldn't have said, Jesus, have mercy on me. I want to be clean. But the question was, I don't know if you want to. And Jesus, in one simple statement, settled that question. What did he say? I will. I will will be thou cleansed. And he declaring his willingness settled the issue for the leper. And it ought to settle it for us. Jesus isn't just able. Jesus didn't just shed his blood and and take authority over sickness and disease because he's all-powerful, which he is. But Jesus is willing. Someone in here tonight, you need to receive that. You need to stop looking at yourself. Stop looking at yourself as not worthy. Somebody's got this huge sin consciousness thing going on in their life. You've missed it. Who hasn't? But you've missed it. And perhaps maybe even some wrongdoing has opened the door to disease, to attack your body. And so now you're, you're under this thing of, well, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if he's willing. Folks, his mercy. Oh, his mercy. And his compassion is greater than any sin, greater than any mistake. Now, when we do miss it, of course, we run to him and we confess it and we thank him that we're cleansed from all unrighteousness. But healing is not based on our works, on our merit. It's based on him. I will, he said, to that leper, be thou cleansed. Jesus, right now, he's saying it into the hearts of somebody here. He's saying, I am willing. Receive my love. Receive my compassion. We are not going to take time to look at all these accounts in the New Testament but there's at least five times of miraculous things that Jesus did. And it was in conjunction with him being moved by compassion. It moved him. And if it moved him, when he walked on this earth, a man anointed by the Spirit of God, how much more now that he died and raised 
and established yes. our covenant is he moved yes, he is. with compassion. He is the same yes. yesterday, today, and Amen. forever. He's still the healer. He's still the Savior. And he still longs to do miracles. We'll just talk one little account here over in Mark chapter 14. On this day, Jesus had just gotten word that John the Baptist, his cousin, his friend, one who knew who he was, had been beheaded. It wasn't a good day. And I'm sure he had all sorts of emotions going on in his mind that particular day. It says in verse 13 that when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a desert place to be by himself. To be by himself. You know, everybody might have their own uh, interpretation here. But one of the reasons I believe that Jesus, when he got this news, said, okay, I've got to depart to a desert place. Because he did have power. And I think that in his flesh, he could have been tempted to react. He could have wiped out Herod. He could have gotten rid of his ungodly wife. He could have killed the whole bunch. And I think he was probably tempted to do that. So he says, okay, I got to depart now. I got to get out of here. I got to go to this desert place. I need a moment. But what happened? The multitude, they heard he was leaving and they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was, here it is again, what? Everybody say that. Moved with compassion for them. And he healed their sick. He saw the crowd. After he was, had to put aside his own emotions, he saw them and it moved him to meet their needs. We are not told how many people there was there, but it says it was a multitude. And if it's a multitude like anything like today, probably half of the people were sick. And he was moved with compassion. And he healed them. Simple little fact. When Jesus is moved with Compassion. When he is moved with that healing virtue that's on the inside of him, when he moves, guess what? When he moves in, sickness moves out. When Jesus, your Lord, moved in, the devil moved out. Darkness moved out. And that phrase just kept speaking to me yesterday as I see in these passages of Scripture. He was moved with yeah. compassion. Yeah, good. Jesus is moved in this place tonight. He may not be here physically, but he's here. And his healing virtue is here. You as a believer are anointed. Us as men and women of God, we are anointed to lay hands on the sick under the commission of our Lord Jesus Christ, he said, we'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. 
as we begin to minister healing tonight, I want you to see this in your spirit, to fix your attention upon Jesus, to see him as the healer, to see him moving in to your physical body, moving in with healing virtue, just focusing upon him. If you just need to lift your hands and close your eyes, as a matter of fact, let's just all do that. Let's all stand. And let's just begin to see Jesus as our healer. Now, it might take you just a little bit, so that's why I want you to lift your hands and lift your heart. Stop seeing the sickness and the disease as bigger than him. It's not. There's nothing that's bigger than him. There's no pain. There's no bondage. There's no disease that's greater than him. Nothing. Now let's just do this. Let's just worship him. As a matter of fact, I want us all to say this. Jesus, I receive you as my healer. I thank you, Jesus. According to your precious word, I was healed. And if I was, I am. I appropriate the work of redemption. Thank you, Jesus, for having compassion upon me. I have faith in your love, in your mercy, in your compassion. Thank you for moving in this place and setting me free for doing miracles, for strengthening bodies in your wonderful name.